Welcome to Queerability, the weekly podcast where we look at the amazing brilliance, resilience, and creativity of everyday queer people. I'm your host, Nick Cousin. Our guest today is Nathan. I'm very excited about this episode. Nathan is an amazing, beautiful young man with big ambitions and a lot of heart. He demonstrates his queer ability every day. Even though he is anxious, he turns every challenge into an opportunity for growth. Besides being a full-time student at the Central School of Speech and Drama, he has written a book, a musical, loads of blogs, he is a stand-up comedian and is a singer. Despite being diagnosed with Asperger's Syndrome at age 7 and coming out as gay in 2015, Nathan faces every day with resilience and creativity. Cool. Brilliant. Thank Good. you, Nathan. So, we'll just start with the question. What has been the, mo- the best personal moment in recent years for you? Probably directing my own musical at, at um, college because it's about having Asperger's and being um, LGBT. And I think because I had a hard time at, um, at secondary school to, to basically to be able to write about it and get people to act in it and also to make friends through that process was lovely. Oh, amazing. That's quite, that's quite a, that's really interesting turning, you know, suff- like suffering into art. That's such an amazing thing. Yeah, can you just start from like your coming out experiences and letting us know what was the experience like to come out? It was so easy. I can't even really remember it, to be honest, which was good. Um, in terms of in terms of the uh, in terms of my f- family, anyway, it was very nice and straightforward. Uh, I wasn't out at school and I wasn't out at college either. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only really been out out out. Um, since I've been to um to uni, which has been good. All right, so that's that's right. that's really that's that's really nice to hear. Actually, that's that's such a nice experience. Yeah. Um, how has you? When did you get um diagnosed with Asperger's? So I was diagnosed when I was seven years old. Seven years old. Right. Yeah. And has that impacted your like? How do you feel that's impacted you you as a um it doesn't define who I am. I think it was more noticeable when I hit my teenage years when I was in secondary school because when I was first diagnosed when I was seven, I just thought because that was the same time when my sort of um obsessional interest changed from the trains to football mm. so I just thought it was the thing that made me be able to f- remember these like facts and matches from years ago like um, amazingly well and then when you get to like 12 13 14 you kind of realize it can be a bit more than that yeah that's very yeah and could you explain like so for people who may not know like what does what does in your own words what does Asperger's mean I think it means being, in terms of both the good and the bad bit parts, I guess it means 
not necessarily understanding unwritten social rules and unwritten social cues, mm. but it can also mean having incredibly having incredible feelings of passion in terms of subjects and areas and being able to see a lot of detail that maybe maybe neurotypical people can't always, which is nice. It's like that phrase, I was watching a stand-up comic the other day who said, I have Asperger's, which basically means I'm a genius. So I'd like <laughs> to use that line if I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think like Asperger's is something that always gets like um, very mixed reviews, like online, people just seem to have dipto around the word. Yeah. I think a lot of people who actually have Asperger's kind of get like shoved away from the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like one of the things that from my like researching is that like um, social context is quite difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, how does be and like having uh, queer spaces can be quite intense and quite high energy. How have you fitted in with um having Asperger's and having that in well, largely because of having Asperger's I've never attempted to go to a gay club in my life <laughs> because yeah. another thing that can be hard is the kind is the sort of sensory overload that you can have so mm. for example lights and loud noises which is basically just a club and mm. and especially where it feels like especially in London where I live so much of the gay scene is sort of concentrated around those kind of spaces it can be quite hard to it can feel quite hard at times to be part of the community but other things have helped me so for example LGBT youth centres mm. um, making online friends on also on the on the on the meetup.com site they've got some good ones that aren't necessarily just all about going out to clubs and stuff like that yeah yeah i think that's like really big um the way kind of people view it is that you know being a lot of queer spaces center around drinking and partying yeah um but obviously there's you know there's an idea you know gay men are the biggest party animals but there's not you know there's a lot of people who don't really enjoy those kind of spaces yeah for sure yeah so it's like how um if you don't like when you go into like a dating kind of scenario like obviously not obviously i don't i don't know i'm asking that's what i'm asking like um how does like dating work for you in terms of because like obviously because like it's a lot it's based on online it's a lot about social interaction and you know, game like for especially in gay men, it's a lot about you know the instant touching and yeah. everything. Well, I'll have to imagine this because I've never been on a date, so I'll just have to, so I'll kind of have to imagine this scenario, but also imagine, but also talk about I guess my my experiences of boys that I've liked. You know, um, I guess the thing for me is not really knowing what the rules are and what kind of is acceptable and what kind of signs from people are either good signs or slightly or signs that are a bit more concerning so as an example I find it hard for one to judge if people actually like me in a romantic context or not the only emojis I will ever be sure about understanding are either like the aubergine or the peach which at best I just won't reply to and at worst you'll get a block um, 
you can send me all the love hearts and all like those kind of love emojis in the world. But if you don't tell me that you like me romantically, I'm not going to know. Mm. I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe perhaps I'll get a bit better, but it's always that kind of needing to know things on a very literal basis, mm. I guess, for one. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of interesting because I think like because a lot of so like from is like Asperger's when you like with interacting with people it needs to be very explicit like you need to say exactly yeah it needs to be explicit and I was only at Gaze the Word the other day you know the on the bookshop in King's Cross yeah and I got this book about about autistic dating and it shows you these kind of signs of things to watch out for which was actually which was actually really interesting because it says things like if you chat to someone on like an online forum or something like discord or trevor space for example is one i use if the person asks you and i've and i've done this myself as well not really thinking about it um apparently it's a bad sign if you ask someone to move away from that and talk on another social media platform too soon and i never even knew that mm. so it's like it's those sort of things as well it's just not it's just not really knowing whether someone sees me in the in the famous friend zone or as maybe something a little bit more and also just not really i guess for so for example sometimes you cannot spot signs of maybe people that maybe aren't doing things the right way, but maybe sometimes you can, and I can do this a lot. I can often hyperthink. So if someone says something either as a joke or if they do something and I think, Oh God, does this mean it's over? Does this mean it's, I can't, does this mean I can't go out with them or I can't be friends with them? And it's like, no. <laughs> I think there is always that kind of like the self-critical thinking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So like, what is it like, have you, I want to phrase this properly in terms of like, what I want to say is having Asperger's and I get that there's the wider community, but I want to narrow it down to the queer community. Yeah. Do you think that there are some misconceptions between Asperger's and the queer community that has come up in your in your experiences with dealing with other people or has, have, or has it just been a very good experience? How do you mean as in people not as in people not really understanding your Asperger's in yeah. the gay in the gay um gay scene, yeah. community? Um mixed bags. Some people have been all right. It's mainly been, for example, if someone's been like can I see a face picture? Can I, can I do this? Um, because to be fair, it's only been since I've started to talk to people online. I've really told people that. Um, most, I mean, most people when I've told them have been all right about it. Um, it's always, I guess, it's always about telling the person how you feel and what you go through. So for example, I was talking to someone online fairly recently and I had to there were a few times where he would say something and I didn't have a clue what he mean like either about flirting or more raunchy stuff or just normal kind of everyday chats and I would be like what do you mean 
<laughs> and after a while, I was like, oh, actually, let me just tell you I have Asperger's so that you know that if I keep asking you, what do you mean? That's why. Mm. So I, so it's mainly it's mainly when and I guess this isn't just the LGBT community, but just people in general. It's mainly when they're either um, arrogant or not really willing to accept or understand things like, for example, so a big thing with Asperger's is also traveling to, to new to new places or places that are far away. So for example, it's mainly if I'd say to someone, Oh, can you meet me here and then walk back with me? Not that this has really happened, but it would be the kind of thing where if they said no, that would be where I'd be like, yeah, I'm not sure that's very good because you're not really sort of understanding. It's not really like hey, I'm a give and take thing. Yeah. Could you explain more about like the travel issue? Well, some people, it's a thing with Asperger's where for some reason it you find it can be really, really difficult to go to new places on your own, especially to, to new places or to areas that are far, to two areas that are far away. And some people have a kind of limit or a set zone. So, for example, I'm sure once in an episode of The Undateables I watched, someone who has it couldn't go, didn't feel comfortable going past going past five miles on their own. Um, for me, it kind of varies. So because my obsessional interest used to be the London Underground, I feel a bit more comfortable at the thought of going somewhere that's fairly close to an underground station um albeit i don't tend to do it on my own just because of the social cues and mm. the, sometimes i can still find it hard to concentrate and sense maybe if there's like hey, i'm a dodgy person on the train i mean i've you know some but so for example that one for me is in theory i find it easy to go somewhere where it I find the thought of going to somewhere that's near an underground station a bit easier, although it's not like, for example, if I had a friend who, because I live in North London, if I had a friend who lived in East London, I wouldn't just be like, yeah, okay, let's go as long as you're like 10 minutes away from an underground station. It wouldn't be as simple as that. Mm. All right. Okay. So it's like, is it so it's like just there can be too much stuff going on in that traveling too much stuff going on but also finding it finding the actual having to get there quite hard losing your bearings and starting to panic quite easily it's a mixture of all those things i think let's Talk about your some of your achievements, because honestly, I think this is where you get like this is the most like I was reading through some of the stuff that you sent me, and I was like, it's amazing how much you've achieved in such in that in, a, in such a young at such a young age. So, really? so like, can you explain more about your the musical that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, so that started, and it was strange because since the age of 15 I was always writing about my Asperger's and my kind of experience with it so I wrote a book after I was inspired by an artist I started to write articles but that was the first and this was after about three years I was 
I was really into Adele at the time because it was only after she just released 25 and I just got hooked by all of her stuff. Mm. And I used to listen to music on the way into um, to college. And I just used to start to write down notes of these story ideas that linked to the, to the songs. And it suddenly built into this idea of this teenager who had Asperger's and kind of loosely and structurally based on my life, mm. who kind of has a boyfriend, but then his life at school gets worse. And it's that thing of when his boyfriend passes away, he kind of hits a low point and has to learn and it's based it's basically him attempting to make friends and find love oh wow uh, is it adele songs or well it was so the one i did at college which um i talked about at the start of this was was um hers and yeah. now i'm trying to do now now i'm trying to use original music so i've got a songwriter on board for one of the songs which is good. I'm still open to it being like a, I'm a jukebox musical with other people, but I think that's a lot harder to do. So, so as an example, even I could only do the Adele one because it was in an educational setting. I applied for this scheme called Generate mm. at the time from this youth music charity called Wired for Music. I would really shout them out, by the way, for anyone under 25 who's, who's interested in music in London, because they are an amazing organization. Mm. Um, they basically give you funding and mentoring for a music-based project. And I won at the time, but we couldn't, but basically we couldn't do it because it was hard to get some of the, some of the licensing for the songs. But then my college said, look, because you're going to have your final major project, do your musical for that project. Mm. And that's how, that's how that happened. So yeah, that's the very long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it's interesting. I think it's like it's amazing, and like that you've been able to take your experiences and make it into something like a musical. It's so creative. Cheers, thank you. I've I still do love creative writing. I've still because that's what I study at uni now. I study. Um, I may am a writing for performance student. So I've done, I, I, I've expanded a little bit. So I've done short plays and I did stand-up comedy routine, which was funny. <laughs> well, how was the stand-up? Well, I hope it was funny. Um, it was basically take laughing at things that my nan and my great nan used to say that they didn't realise had kind of innuendos. <laughs> and it was also me laughing at Naked Attraction, which I'm sure we've all seen especially in lockdown um it's kind of because some of i love observational comedy so i love comedians like peter k more recently this guy called k kurd who was on live at the apollo who so i kind of took bits from them but took it from my own family and my own observations of watching naked attraction yeah i think that kind of like draws back to what you said previously about like how like having asperger's gives you like a different point of view in life yeah so yeah, I think... <laughs> which I think definitely came out there well at least I hope it did I mean I did get a good mark which I guess is a good sign and I got and I got a belly laugh from my tutor which is always a good sign yeah <laughs> it's always it's a hard skill to make people laugh so yeah so so you said you wrote a book as well I did this was it's not been published I can't give oh, you right. my Amazon link oh yeah. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I wrote that when I 
I started writing about three weeks after my 15th birthday because there was this guy on there was this guy who had just appeared on Britain's Got Talent who was about my age who sung a song about losing a friend mm. which really inspired me because I've been through the same thing and I basically wrote a book about my experiences and how he had inspired me which was and it and I just got the writing bug from there if I'm honest really yeah so like because it's quite hard when you lose someone especially at such a young age as well you don't really like expect especially at a young age to be surrounded to experience a death that's all yeah I mean it wasn't a death it was more like losing friends and friends kind of turning on you and not really accepting you that was mainly what he, he his song touched on and what I had also been through. So was it because of the Asperger's or the sexual identity? That was the Asperger's. I only came out as gay when I was 16. And again, I kind of had the feeling, but I couldn't really identify it. Mm. I went through one of those, I guess, without realising it, I went through one of those confused teenage stages. <laughs> it, 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 was a, it was a kind of different sense of confusion because I wasn't really... You know, like how I, I'm not saying all lads of that age do this, but you know how a lot of lads when they're like 13, 14, 15 are, are already thinking about relationships and doing stuff and all that kind of thing. I never was. I was only thinking about friendships and the kind of emotional loneliness that I felt and not having that. So it was this very sort of confusing it was these very confusing feelings because obviously I was starting to become attracted to lads, but I wasn't really thinking in that, in that way. So it was a bit strange. Mm. And it's like, yeah. So it's like, were you, so the Asperger's is what was causing people to like distance themselves from you? Well, no, I just say it was them, but you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it, was, it was the Asperger's that made, social interaction from my side harder yeah sorry. Um, i would say that the reason why things didn't work out at that age was then yeah that's <laughs> that's yeah i think sorry that was probably a bad way of worrying yeah, yeah, yeah. Question. um yeah because what i want to say was like is it like because obviously uh, yeah we you know not many people understand asperger especially like a teenager you don't really yeah on your radar that's what i'm saying like that's what i meant to say is um is it like how was it like growing up then? Is that what I want to get into? Really difficult at that age. Yeah. Especially when you're you're confused so much by by your identity and you feel like everyone's got these friendship groups going on and you're the one that's sort of on your own during the break times and the lunch times, for example. Mm. And when you when you invite people around, you you don't really again, I found it hard to know the signs mm. that maybe they didn't want to or maybe which obviously is just their issue, but, you know, yeah. nonetheless. So it was, uh, I went through a lonely time and that's why actually, because I did my A-levels in 2017 at my same school. So I went to my same school for from year seven, right the way to year 13. And I got, and my A-level results were, were great. But I felt like before I went to uni, it was for two reasons. One, I hadn't taken music and I regretted it but two more importantly I think I felt I felt that before I went to uni I wanted after seven years in one place with mostly the same people 
I needed to go somewhere else, somewhere new to hopefully make some friends and build that those kind of social skills before I went to uni. So I went to this creative arts college called BCE in East London and I loved it. No, nice. Yeah, school is awful. It can be a very hard time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I imagine I'm not the only teenager that found school life hard. I think we all have our own issues. Even people who had friends at that age or rather think they had friendship groups, still had all sorts of stuff going on. That was kind of my angle. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I don't really talk to anyone from school anymore. So. Fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so like you, you mentioned in your email that you're really into mental health as well. Like it's one of yeah. your big things. Um, how have you been helping with mental health or what does mental health mean to you? I mean, it's a very broad kind of spectrum. I guess it just means, I don't know what it means. To kind of sum it up in one word is quite difficult. Um, I've mainly been trying to help through writing and just being there for my friends, when they, for my family and friends when they need me to, and trying to understand people's different conditions because it's what I want people to do for me. Mm. I have other mental health conditions. So obviously I've had a lot of, I had a lot of CAMS therapy as a child. Well, I say a lot. It was kind of age seven. And then I realized I had OCD and had to wait ages until I was about 16 to get back onto CAMS for that. Cause they, I can't even really remember why, but I was, I started at CAMS aged about six or seven and then it stopped for some reason. And then it, and then obviously once we made a we made a re referral once I realised that things that I'd been going through for years could be OCD, mm. and then I had that from the age of sixteen to eighteen, and then that stopped actually just when I started going to um to college, so I didn't have any for a few years, and now I'm at uni for the last year and a half as part of as part of my d- disabled students allowance. I have two lovely people helping me, helping me one to one. I have a study schools tutor and a mentor who I'm actually, who I'm seeing still, yeah, which has been very helpful. Yeah, it's it is that kind of support and understanding. Yeah, that's one of the most like important things I think, especially as you know, we've been online a lot. That kind of connection is definitely for sure hard to come by yeah so how um how do you cope how have you been coping with like what's some of the things that you've learned to cope with your mental health i've been coping by trying to keep myself busy and trying to surround myself with good people Mm. um good people um trying to do things that the um the therapist advised me right 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 the way through because just to sort of try to calm you down and try to get you to rationalize things sometimes um trying to go out and obviously trying to write as well that's been a good one i wrote it, 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 it especially when i first started writing it was mainly to just help i didn't imagine because 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 i never imagined being an author as a kid i either imagined age seven i wanted to be an underground train driver then age 12 I wanted to be a football manager 
And so I never really thought about writing, even though I was always really good at English, I never really thought about doing it. Um, and then when the book was received really well, I kind of thought there's something about sharing this and getting nice, nice words. <laughs> let's keep going. If it helps you mentally as well, let's, and you enjoy it. Yeah. Why not? That's really, it's really like your face just lights up every time you mention writing. So it's just, it's so like, it's such a warm feeling to yeah, have see each other's faces, you guys. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just such a nice, like, it's such a, like, you're clearly so inspired, like inspiring when you, when you talk about writing and like all oh. that you've achieved so far in like, you know, in like the six years so far, it's like, obviously like, what's the future looking like for you in that sense? just hoping to get it more out there because I started ironically in lockdown to get some articles published on the Wired for Music website, which was amazing about Asperger's again, mm. which was a lovely feeling. So I guess it's just a question of keeping going because sometimes like, especially when you're either low or you're anxious, you can have periods when you don't want to write. Mm. So it's about writing when the things that you want to write and things that you think will help people help yourself um, educate make make people laugh make 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 people cry which is what we had to do this on our first day at uni we had to write this thing in this and we had to write this thing on a piece of paper and fold it up and our lecturer put it in a box saying what do you hope to achieve and i said and i put on mine i still actually remember what i put on mine because the idea is for then we'd he he i think he's going to reopen the box when we finish uni mm. um but i but i still remember what i put on mine i put to write things and make people laugh and cry <laughs> and so i'm hoping i can get things published that make people laugh and cry <laughs> well i'm i'm pretty i'm quite excited to see where this musical goes cheers so you it's, are you like, is this one of your things to get the musical published or is it or you have other projects that you're looking for? I've got the mute. Yeah, that's still in the pipeline. The uh, the musical. I've got some other kind of ideas, which I don't because like because also when you have Asperger's and you kind of feel I don't know if this is partly because I'm actually waiting for an ADHD referral. I've not been diagnosed, but I think that could could, could be the case. But I. I can often feel very sort of hyperactive and have these sudden bursts of, oh my God, this, this would be such an amazing thing to write about, an amazing thing to do. So I guess it's just the question of seeing which ones you, you want to commit long-term to mm. because I've had a few kind of ideas, not just for writing, I guess for writing, but it, in that very broad area, which have kind of come and gone. So it's a question of working out which ones you want to keep in there uh, and which ones you want to try to work on and build. It must be like um, quite a like, that's an interesting mix when you say like ADHD and Asperger's because like I, I think it's like you're very so hyperactive and then you have like that really intense focus with the Asperger's, right? So it's like... It's one of, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a strange thing. It's like, because I've actually on the assumption that I will be diagnosed. And like I say, I might not, because on the one hand, 
I've read that Asperger's and ADHD can overlap, but it also means that some symptoms, I think, might just be the Asperger's. But I wrote a joke. I, I've done this little stand-up comedy joke because that's actually one thing I've expanded on since I did it for uni. And I've done this joke about basically Asperger's makes you feel like you want to just do things and have this hyper-focus, but then ADHD basically just goes, nah. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's me trying to sound like a, I don't know what the word is, but, but I, think, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that. It's like, yeah, the creative process always goes up and down. So yeah. it's like, must, it's good to like ground yourself in something that kind of keeps you focused, right? Like writing is such a great thing. And I think we need more, especially more queer Asperger's people that Asperger's to write more. So I think like- Well, I hope I can help you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, definitely so like in the like in the future talk like going back to Asperger's like what do you what do you think is one thing that you wish people would be more aware of the fact that people need loving and accepting for who they are at all ages that's all we have for today I learned from Nathan that it's important to never give up and to constantly try to push yourself out of your comfort zone, no matter how scared you are. I hope Nathan has inspired you like he's inspired me. If you want to know more about Nathan or his blog, check out the links on the Queerability page on the Across Rainbows website at www.acrossrainbows.com. On Sunday the 29th of August, we'll be doing a Q&A on the Across Rainbows Instagram, which is at Across Rainbows. And a special thank you to Stephen Bamadelli for doing the music and the production and Matthew Davey for the artwork.